right, welcome back to another episode of the Goal Post, and it's finally here. Super Bowl weekend, we're coming at you live, right at, fuck, all right, we're good, we're good, we're good. All right, welcome back to the Goal Post. We are coming at you before the Super Bowl. The big game is here, Super Bowl 58, Patrick. It's been a long season, but we're here. We have arrived, Damien. It's a bit of a bittersweet moment, you know, because, I mean, this is the pinnacle. This is what we all do it for, the big game. But it also means that it's over after this, and, and we have to, like, go back and figure out what life is like without football on Sundays. Might actually have to, like, do some oblows on Sundays, which is just less than ideal when you think about it. But, I mean, this is it. I'm excited. It feels like there has been some lack of juice around the game, kind of, this past and, week. Yeah, is it an unpopular opinion to be excited for the Super Bowl this weekend right now? It seems like it. Like, I I, don't, I have no idea. To me, the, it's, this is storyline central. There's a rematch involved. Taylor Swift is involved. A couple of MVP candidates involved. It's just... It's a very polarizing game, I think, and there just hasn't been a lot of momentum leading up to it, which, I mean, we have seen in past Super Bowls, but not this one, really. Yeah, we're, we're going to get like take care of storylines completely right at the end of this episode, um, but I totally agree with you. I think this is like prime in a lot of different ways to be a great game and like a super exciting game and one that you remember. I mean, when's the last time we had a chance to get back-to-back Super Bowl winners, right? Like, it's, it's been a long time, and... And there's a lot of legacy, different legacies on the line, uh, which is exciting. But we talked to you last uh, heading into, I think, the divisional round. Yeah, it's been a while. It's, it's been, been a, a while. Um, there's a lot to catch up on. Obviously, we won't bore you with stuff that you've you know, watched and heard and, and seen over the past few weeks. Dolphins got bounced. That was a tough game. I, I'm glad we don't have to spend a lot of time on that. Um, but why don't we take it back to the conference championship? Because that is a good place to start looking forward to this Super Bowl. I want to start with the Lions and the 49ers game because it felt like, you know, a tale of two cities. The Lions had a lot of steam. Um, and then the 49ers, a couple plays, a couple good bounces, find themselves right back in that game. And I want to start there because I think that that's actually a resilient win for the 49ers and something that they have going for them going into this Super Bowl is that they won a tough game. This is a team that was favored in every single game they played this season. Uh, And it's hard to kind of win tough games when you're that much of a juggernaut uh, in a bit of a weaker conference. Um, And yeah, I want to leave it with there to start. Yeah, I mean, they've won two tough games in the playoffs, really. Like, they had to battle hard against Green Bay. That was far from easy. And you might even say Green Bay was was the better team in that game. But at the end of the day, the 49ers have found ugly, but they've found ways to win these games in the playoffs. And that's all that really matters. Just survive and advance. It's one game elimination. And there's no such thing as, like, momentum, really. It's a fresh slate every week you play. And the 49ers have found themselves exactly where they were expecting I would say themselves to be and I think if you you look at it like if someone asks you before the the season started who who's going to be in the Super Bowl I I I think these would be the two teams that most people pick maybe the Bills instead of the Chiefs but nonetheless Which is so classic NFL too like to have as crazy as a season as the NFL just had uh with as many injuries as happened uh teams going through like roller coaster seasons and we end up with the two best teams that everybody thought was going to be there. It's just classic NFL. 
Yeah, it, it, I mean, for as much parity as there is in the league, like the best seem to always find their way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's good for the viewer. It's good for the fan. But no, the, the Lions, like that game, the Lions 49ers, I, I struggle between thinking the Lions lost that game and like the 49ers, you know, different, like they were able to have a good second half and they just, you know, threw out the first half and came out fired up. But, I don't know. I kind of struggled between the two, but nonetheless, it was it was two. It was the way more entertaining game of the two. And I mean, I, I, my heart breaks for those Lions fans because I'd have to. I mean, they're probably calling the, everyone right. Like it's like it's happening. They're booking Super Bowl tickets, but the 49ers pulled it off. Yeah. It, it. The one thing I will say about that is you're not gonna get Andy Reid out coaching himself in this game like you did with Dan Campbell. That is not a bounce that the 49ers are going to get come this Sunday. Uh, You're going up against arguably one of the best coaches in NFL history and a guy who's been there often recently. This isn't, you know, he was in the Super Bowl 10 years ago. He's been there before. No, this is a guy who probably has a special Super Bowl playbook, like specifically, and loves to go back and add to it each year. Um, So the 49ers are, are up for like a big challenge here. We're not breaking any news with that um, or telling you anything differently. Um, But I will say that them going through what they've gone through so far in the playoffs uh, is a pretty big, you know, chip on their shoulder in a good way. Um, But to that chiefs and Ravens game, I think that's a game where I kind of struggle with, did the Ravens lose that or the chiefs win it as well? Like it, it, that was kind of both games. Uh, especially for a Ravens team that seemed to just neglect running the football. Yeah, to me, it, it felt like the Chiefs were prepared right away, and they were the better team from the the opening kickoff. But they just they they did what they had to do to to beat Baltimore. Baltimore was definitely bad in that game, and the Chiefs knew that. Hey, like we don't have to do anything crazy in this game. We just have to be able to take care of the football, which Baltimore didn't, and that was a huge. Um, factor in like the result of this game but no the Chiefs are are a, like a veteran team they've been in the AFC championship every single year under Mahomes and they knew what they had to do and they just did it they they were just it was better coach team it was more prepared it looked like and just looked like they just knew what they were doing more than the Ravens and I, I don't the Lamar the Lamar narrative now oh, is oh my is, god I, I actually feel bad for him because like I don't know like two MVPs right you, you're the one seed you have a buy you're a good quarterback Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback I I just every just time the spotlight is on him yeah you that know that was a yeah that was a a Chad Kelly esque moment in winning the MVP and then you know proceeding to shit the bed in the playoffs uh, and I think that. You know, I don't think Harbaugh caught a lot of heat for that loss. Like it, it obviously kind of blows over fast because the Super Bowl starts picking up so much media attention as soon as that last champion conference championship game ends. Pretty much, like there's there's not a lot of hole in between, especially with how fast head coaches start getting picked up. Um, but I, you're right in saying that they got completely outcoached that game. It, it was clear from the jump uh, that they were not prepared for a team like the Chiefs. Uh, which is crazy to say about Baltimore, who seemed to have an answer for everybody throughout the entire season. Like they played a lot of different teams and they won a ton of different ways. And at the end of the day, that seemed to not matter at all. 
Yeah, and, and like I thought the Mark Andrews return would give them a boost. It didn't really seem to to do anything really. He he was almost a non-factor in the game. And yeah, like I said, like Harbaugh is the second longest tenured head coach in the league. You would you would expect that he would have this team at least just more prepared. I mean, if if they don't perform, that's that's one thing that's not on him. But like it is his job to get this team prepared, and they just look sloppy. They didn't look like they cared as much in, in a way. Sorry to go all, you know, dad mode there, but it's it was it was just very visible. In the first quarter, I knew that I knew the Chiefs were gonna win this game unless they somehow just self-destructed and they knew that's all they like didn't couldn't do. And like they went out there and were pros and now they're in the Super Bowl, of course. Even though we thought this was the year, the Chiefs, you know, they'll go out in the wild card round. Yeah, no, they are in the Super Bowl yet again. Uh, that's that's unfortunately right and that will bring us now to Super Bowl week thus far we're going to go through what's been going on you know up to this point we're recording this on Thursday night Uh, I want to start with the practice field drama Uh, so the 49ers who are technically the away team in this matchup um, they get slotted to practice for the entire week at the University of Las Vegas Nevada facilities Um, the chiefs are practicing at the Oakland Raiders brand new practice facility, a bit of a difference there. Just, just to start there, um, getting into the nitty gritty here, the 49ers, uh, said that the field was in the fifties, uh, for their field rating. There's a lot of, a lot that goes into it. Uh, and they're used to playing at the seventies and the eighties. So they said it was way too soft. The NFL came out and said this is a preference issue, not a health and safety issue. The Chiefs said they were unwilling to change their practice schedule. Everyone just dealt with it, and they've been practicing since. I I, I think they handled it well. I, I think the 49ers are being a bit, a bit of complainers in this situation. You want to know the funniest part of this? Yeah. This happened... Like the initial report happened before the 49ers players and coaches had even been to the facility. So they like, they like sent out a team. Yeah. And this came out on like the, the Tuesday or like last Tuesday, not, yes. not the second week of the. Yeah. Yeah. And they said they hadn't even been there or try or stood on it. <laughs> they were already complaining about it. It's pretty funny. Uh, I don't, you know, some might think this is a bad kind of, you know, optics thing i don't think the nfl gives too much of a fuck about optics if it doesn't really affect their bottom line um and you know it it is kind of just funny to see the chiefs practicing at like a brand new facility (laughs) these guys are like at a college field yeah the turf is is certainly different in college and nfl but like the i don't know if you see the practice facility at unlv is is Good. It's above average. The, the Fertitas, not shabby. The Fertitas brothers funded the whole thing. You, they got that UFC money in there. So, I, it's definitely smaller. It's yeah. definitely different than in the Raiders. I mean, Raiders probably have the best practice facilities in the NFL right now. Maybe, maybe the Rams and the Chargers could compete, but that's about it. So it's like, yeah. I mean, it's not the best you can have, especially when the other team does have the best, but. I don't think it's reason to to get up on your high horse on your soapbox and start complaining to the media about it. Because I think the Chiefs story. Yeah, I know? think the Chiefs are up one nothing right yeah. now. Yeah, you make it a story. Exactly, you make it a story. The fans start complaining, and it you know the mind games already start. They're already churning. 
The Chiefs are unbothered. They said, fuck you. You're not changing our practice schedule. And the 49ers had to kick rocks. Uh, but that was pretty much, you know, game in an hour uh, of what happened. Uh, we'll move next to kind of the head coaching shuffle because this happened, you know, in the week before, but also kind of leading into Super Bowl week as well. A lot of head coaches on the move, a lot of new positions filled, uh, some left unfilled. I want to ask you, who do you think was the most impactful head coach, new head coaching hire? Who's going to make the most impact kind of right away? I think Harbaugh on the Chargers. I don't know if that's the easy answer, but it just felt like the Chargers as a team were a coach, have been a coach away from being a playoff team for, for since Justin Herbert has come to that squad, basically. Yeah. Where it's like Staley. His his gimmick wore off so quickly, and I feel like he lost that his voice in that room just so fast after the first year. And I don't know that team doesn't have an identity, and they never really had, except for that year that Staley just went for it on every fourth down. Uh, but now I think Harbaugh is a competent coach. I think he's going to instill a a tougher mindset, a more of a culture in a cultureless environment. And he's you know I don't know about bringing his defensive coordinator with him I think that might be a iffy call like he's just got college experience to him but I do think Harbaugh will help uh Herbert I think he's probably going to get Eckler out of there and I think he there's good pieces on that defense where he can kind of I think the Chargers will be a playoff team because of this hire is basically the synopsis of what I'm going to say yeah I I agree I think that I I was holding my damn breath that the Dolphins were going to do something really dumb because there was rumors floating around that the Dolphins were looking at Brandon Staley at DC. Oh, thank God. The Dolphins went a different way, hired Anthony Weaver from the Ravens. Thank the Lord. I can only imagine like if, if things are going bad, like Miami's had one of those brutal games and you have to look at McDaniel with his glasses is, you know, his whole look. And then, and then the camera pans to Staley and then you got to look at him and like, I can, there there would be the worst buddy cop duo ever. Yeah. Cause at least Vic Fangio, it's like, it's a, it's a respected man. It's like, you're a football guy. Staley, you're a nerd. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) If you look up Anthony Weaver, looks a lot different than Brandon Staley, let me tell you. So a good one-two punch the Dolphins are hopefully going to pack. Anyways, I agree uh, with Harbaugh. It's a good point that they've been a coach away for like four seasons now, which is an insane thing to say in the NFL where there is a lot of turnover in coaches. Even with Anthony Lynn, it was like Anthony Lynn's been incompetent, now Staley, now it's like, okay, let's let's see what Harbaugh's got. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I'm very interested to see Raheem Morris go to the Falcons. I think that's a loaded roster um, that seemed to be a head coach away um, from really doing something this season. A lot of close games, a lot of games they really could have won. Uh, and I think that, you know, the league's getting younger and younger and younger. Another, you know, head coach who's really not of that older guard, somebody who's been, you know, closer to the players over the past five-ish years. Uh, I think that's a real breath of fresh air for that lineup. Uh, And I want to ask you about who departed the head coaching position there and is now in the black and gold, Arthur Smith. What are your thoughts? Uh, Good FedEx boy. Uh, He's he's an experienced guy. He's an experienced play caller. He was the offense coordinator for the Titans when Derrick Henry had his 2,000-yard season like he he knows how to 
call an offense. I think him as a head coach, especially with the Falcons, who kind of were battling court. Well, I guess he was there for more than just a year, but especially in this most recent year, they were kind of battling, juggling quarterbacks. I don't know. He, I don't think he's completely fit out to be a head coach in the NFL, but I think he's an extremely experienced um, offensive play caller in the NFL. And I think he can bring a good veteran leadership like mindset. Like I think he, he's a guy who can actually get to Deontay Johnson, get to George Pickens and like kind of straighten them out a bit and just, I don't know. Like, He's better than Matt Canada is, oh, is yeah. at the end of the day is like, I'm, I'm happy with it. I don't feel no, really... less responsibility is always better with guys yeah. who have kind of the talent to be head coaches, but maybe can't handle that position. Like less, less responsibility is always going to be better. Uh, it's a big year coming up with, uh, with K Pickett, I would say big. Yeah. I, I still want, I still want Jay Fields on the squad and yeah, yeah I, I don't need Kenny Pickett doesn't need to be the starter, uh, nope. this upcoming season, but, uh, Arthur Smith was the most Steelers hire available. So of it's, it's typical. of course, um, other big ones, Dan Quinn to the commanders, Mike McDonald to the Seahawks, obviously. Um, but one more question I want to ask you before we get out of the head coaching tree here, where do you think Mike Vrabel is going to end up if he does end up somewhere this season? I quietly think he's sitting in a, in a great spot right now because there's going to be a coach that gets fired five, six games into the next season. And Vrabel will be at the top of the list to just come in right away, especially midseason. Like that's a coach you want midseason. You know, these younger guys have given them a full offseason to implement their game plans, their new culture, whatever. But I think if you need a spark immediately, especially midseason, Vrabel is one of your guys. So you think do you think he'll end up kind of like chilling out and, and staying back a bit? I I don't know. I I think I mean I'm hearing some rumors about he's gonna go hang out with Fickle in Wisconsin because they're buddies. But I I can't really see him going to college. To be honest with you, I I don't see that. That's and, the yeah. thing about these guys is that they're such Type A guys. Like at one, you get the double combo of like Vrabel, who was a top tier pro athlete and then is now a you know top tier NFL head coach. These guys are such Type A personalities that they are always going, 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 going. And, you know, to sit out and kind of wait for it um, might be tough for, you know, a guy like Vrabel. I was talking with uh, a coworker uh, today, Jordan Horbin. He was saying that a team to look out for is the Dallas Cowboys because if there's any team who's on a shorter leash uh, or if there's any head coach who's on a shorter leash, it's probably in Dallas. Um, and they also have a defensive coordinator you know, absence or, or vacancy, if you want to call it. Rabel's, you know, a guy who could definitely fill that and kind of be a coach in waiting there. Do you think that's something Rabel might take? Yeah, I, I think Dallas was one of those teams that were, was in my head. I think the Giants are another team like that. Because, yeah. like, I think the Eagle, I think the NFC East, I think there's the, those three teams are very volatile. And I think those coaches can go at, at any moment. And I think, like you said, I like the how you said that, Dallas has an open defensive coordinator spot because there's been talk about Bill going there too, being like the defensive coordinator, coaching, waiting, Vrabel. Like, yeah, Dallas is definitely the the intrigue right now, and I think that all eyes should be on the Cowboys for this coaching stuff. But I don't know. I I do think 
Vrabel might wait, whereas Belichick might be more urgent to get into the league because, you know, he's old. So, yeah, no, it's a good point. All right. Uh, we're going to move now to kind of a bit more of a betting segment now. Looking forward to the Super Bowl, we're going to talk a little early line movement, some leans, some initial thoughts. Um, the initial kind of state of this game is that all the money is going on the Chiefs. That's no secret. Uh, it feels like the squarest pick maybe of this century uh, is taking the Chiefs in this game. Um, Bet MGM opened the 49ers at minus two and a half. It got as low as minus one. It's now back to minus two. It's kind of just been stagnant around there. Um, what's your early kind of lean on this game, Patrick? I've been fighting with myself for a week and a half now. Just mental toughness, mental weakness. Just battling with myself, Damien. But I, today, I because I knew we were on here, I have to get on the record. I have to give a pick. I have to figure it out. I got to grow up, and I have. I'm taking the Niners. I'm I'm taking the Niners. I wanted to take the Chiefs. I want to take the Chiefs. Oh, I took them. I've been taking them throughout the playoffs as underdogs because Mahomes shouldn't be an underdog in the playoffs. I it was my same philosophy last year against the Eagles. But like you said. All the money is on the Chiefs, and that line hasn't moved. Well, it did move at one point, and then now it's back. But that the hasn't money budged for a while now. Exactly, it hasn't moved for like four days. It's been at that too, and I don't know. I might, I might just take the Forty Nineers money line. I might get yeah. like really safe and just put a little extra, couple extra dollars to pay for the juice. But I like the Niners. I think they haven't played their best game in this playoffs yet. And I, I, I do worry about the use. We mentioned it earlier, Andy Reed for Shanahan. I think that coaching scares me a little, yeah. but I'm going to go with the 49ers in this. One. I, it, it is really a battle. And I think that a lot of people who have kind of gotten down to the nitty gritty of it have come out, you know, that this is kind of the game to bet the 49ers. If you're, you know, in the belief that the Chiefs, you know, really haven't been their best this season, which was the predominant belief until, you know, they faced an injured Miami team, then, you know, were the boogeyman to the Bills and then played a Baltimore team that shit their pants, right? Like if if you are of the belief that the Chiefs haven't been at their best this season and don't have enough weapons, then this is not the game that those weapons are going to come out and, you know, outgun this 49ers team. It's just not going to happen. This Offense on the 49ers has too many weapons and too much firepower to kind of keep up with. And I think that when you really get down to it, there's a lot of different angles that the 49ers could like slice and dice the Chiefs in this game. And that's kind of where I'm leaning right now, too. It, it feels disgusting. I think I still will place a money line bet on the Chiefs, which sounds very uh, disingenuous to say. Um, but when we hear about more of my picks later, I'm all over the 49ers. I also think you know, like I've been, I've been thinking Chiefs, thinking Chiefs. I want to take the Chiefs. Yeah, it's there's something about if you do take the Chiefs and they and they lose or and they and they and they lose it. It's like okay, wh- whatever it happens. It, but if you take the 49ers and the and the Chiefs win, how dumb do you feel for not betting on Mahomes in the Super Bowl? Right, I know. Like you don't, especially at plus money. Yeah, like, I feel like even the biggest 49ers betters will be placing like a plus money bet on the chiefs to cover their ass yeah it's just it, gonna happen yeah and it's i don't know it's just that comfort sensei of having i'm i'm with mahomes on this one mahomes is my guy 
It's like, no, I'm I'm going Brock Purdy. <laughs> I'm going Brock Purdy over What's Patrick up with Mahomes. It? Yeah, it's uh it's something interesting too in this game is that the total has not budged, like not even a little bit. I think it's been 47 and a half since the end of the championship games. Uh and I kind of love the under in it. Like if that that kind of tells me like if it's not moving and there's a lot of weapons in, in a Super Bowl where Patrick Mahomes is playing in, I just don't buy it with these two defenses. I think that it's going to be a game with a lot of long possessions uh, and a lot of trying to control the ball through the run game. And I don't think that's a great recipe for the over. Yeah, I, I don't hate where your mind's at with it. You're right. It, it just hasn't moved. But I have no feelings on this over under and I don't think I'm going to be touching it. I don't think so either. I, I don't want to bet an under in the in the Super Bowl. It no. feels kind of terrible to do. I don't think anybody wants that experience. I did it for a Leafs game the other night. It sucked. Oh, uh, yeah. Not fun betting unders in hockey. You basically just want to like you're betting on watching a boring game. Um, but yeah, I think that I'm staying away from the total. I don't love it. Um, but yeah, those are definitely the early leans. Um, let's move into a little bit of prop action. Now there is a zillion props I like in this game. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of value on the board. Like I don't think odds makers know how this game is going to really go in terms of who's going to, you know, show out who's going to have a big game. It's pretty like dead, even across the board, except for the real heavy hitters like McCaffrey and stuff. Yeah. This game, like it's, there's also almost too many props for them to like fully keep an eye on. And like every, there's going to be some holes and it's similar like March college basketball when they have to handicap 150 games on a Saturday. So yeah, you might catch them slipping on a couple, but there is so many, there's like I said, there is actually too many to choose from. Like this is, they got to settle down. I think I, they got (laughs) to take some options away from me. You know, I just, I don't want to go too silly. There's the options are unless. But I think, I guess, my kind of props are in line with your under in a way. Now, interesting, yeah. interesting. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start out with my favorite prop. I wrote about it a bit. Um, this is probably where like I disturbingly amount of my money on props will go. Uh, and it's Brock Purdy over twelve and a half rushing yards. This line hasn't moved uh, in you know pretty much the whole time it's been set. And there's a lot to like about it. If, you know, having that Lions game still fresh in the mind when I wrote it, he was using his legs to get huge first downs late in that game. Finished with 48 yards on five carries. He's gone over 12 and a half in four of 10 games, but also in both playoff games. He's been using his legs a lot in the playoffs. And it's like it's a known fact that quarterbacks use their legs a lot more in tight games. You're trying to get bigger first downs. You're trying to catch defenses slipping and KC has surprisingly given up a decent amount of rushing yards to quarterbacks in the playoffs so far Tua Tagovailoa got 25 rushing yards against the Kansas city chiefs in Arrowhead in minus 40 degree weather. If that doesn't inspire you to bet this, I don't know what will, Um, but they also gave up 72 to Josh Allen and 54 to Lamar Jackson. The latter two are obviously much more dangerous running threats. Purdy isn't, you know, that's a bit less of a, a radar thing um, for Baltimore to look out for. Um, Yeah. I, I, that's where I lie on that. 
Hell yeah. I, I had that one too. I, yeah. I like it a lot. I think also in big games like this, I th- I feel if Shanahan has a clue, he'll tell Purdy, hey, don't force the, like, we will we'll take a, a sack or like a one year, get back to the line of scrimmage rather than you throwing an interception. Like, use your legs. We saw you could do it last week or two weeks ago now. But like, I, I do like it. My head, uh, my head was in the same spot with that one. Right on, right on. What do you like? I, um, Okay, we'll go player props. I like Clyde Edwards-Alaire over five and a half receiving yards. I think this could be one catch. I think uh, I've seen it. Uh, Edwards-Alaire is he's been in these Super Bowl games. He's been all the way from the even the no, he wasn't in the first. He was in the second one where they lost and then the, the second one that they won. Edwards Alaire is a relied upon target for Mahomes, and he likes to throw him the ball a lot more than Pacheco. And I like Edwards Alaire is not going to get a lot of snaps in this game. I know this is kind of a, a very boomer bust pick, yeah, but this is literally one reception, and I know he will get at least one target in this game. So it's it's a bit, I guess it's risky, but it's like I said, one catch, get your ass up field, Clyde, and find your way to get six or more yards. I think he can do it. And I mean, hopefully he gets two catches in this game, maybe three. And then I think it's a lock, but I think he can do this on one reception. I, I, I don't know. I just like these little yardage ones where it's like, I just need one play. I just need one thing to happen. And I got you want to do the other one? Yeah, I got a great one for you. Me and Patrick are all over this. Kyle Juszczyk, longest reception over four and a half yards. You want to talk about one play. This is a, a screen pass that is all right. Like it doesn't have to be a home run. This is a decent gain on a screen pass. Yushek blocks a lot. That is the problem in this bet. That's going to be kind of where the holdup is here to try and get him out, you know, for a screen pass or something like that. But I, I'm all over this. Yushek is ever since I saw him toe tap in that Lions game right near the end. I was like, this guy is an offensive talent and I need to bet on him somehow. Yeah, and I mean he he killed this line last last game, and it this line has moved three. This was it opened at one and a half in this game. It's gone <laughs> it up did. to four and a half. And I mean, going off this, I'm sprinkling use check anytime plus eight hundred. I, I like goal that. Line, yeah, I think goal line. I th- I think he can be useful. And I mean, who knows? You might hit two bets in one play. On this one, it was check anytime for a five yard screen pass. <laughs> I actually I looked at use check first touchdown too. It's got a ton of juice on it. And I, you know, if the 49ers win the, the coin toss, then like that just keeps getting dodds keep getting better on that. Um, so I, I think I'm going to sprinkle on that, too. I, I could put a dollar on that and still make, you know, plus twelve hundred or whatever it is. Um, I want to go to anytime bets now, since we're in the anytime TDs, if you have any other ones, I want to lead off with a very square one, but it's Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel's at plus 137 uh, to get a touchdown in this. That seems crazy to me. Um, Getting him at plus money is, I think, a perfect opportunity in this game if you want to have a little bit of stake in the 49ers offense. Like if you want, if you're riding with the Niners and you want to, you know, have a little bit of juice on that, uh, I think Debo and Kittle at plus 175 um, are both really uh, intriguing options. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's, it's, it's not the squarest pick. McCaffrey's the squarest yeah. pick, right? No, you're so right. It's not, you're right. It's not the worst thing in the world. And I mean, like, 
there's no super great odds. You know what I mean? No one's mm-hmm. like you always say Kittle was less than plus 200. Yeah. Yeah. So like basically their entire starting roster, you're not going to get greater than plus 200 to bet on. So to get a Debo Samuel plus money, I still think it's good value. Uh, for my any times, it's uh, I, like I said, use check. I'm going for I'm trying to make some something happen in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Big game only one comes around once a year. I'm taking Pacheco, two plus touchdowns, plus 400, and McCaffrey, two plus touchdowns at plus 163. I think it was like a weird kind of number. I love that Pacheco play. I'm just, I think uh, in this game, I'm, I'm betting the running backs. I also took them both to win Super Bowl MVP. I'm, I'm just on the running backs. I'm just keeping eyes on the running backs. Pacheco is plus 3,300 to win Super Bowl MVP. That's but- a really nice number. I think that's a, like, I, I was looking at Kittle plus 4,000. I just don't buy a tight end. Like even Kelsey's at plus 1,200. I still don't really buy that. Um, I love those. I also like MVS plus 500 to get a touchdown. That's his yeah. anytime. Like a splash play. Splash play. Um, and I think that that's something that the Chiefs are going to be looking for. And it's something that the 49ers are going to be looking to stop. Like they're going to rush four a lot and throw seven back and kind of limit explosive plays keep the chiefs to chunk plays keep them kind of out of their groove so that mahomes is forced to try and take a shot uh but i think that shot could kind of happen to mbs uh other than that did you have any other props yeah not not a ton more i have uh first touchdown to be a rushing touchdown plus 130 just kind of goes along with where my head's at with a rushing game even though it's in a dome which just could could go terribly for me uh i'm taking under three and a half field goals i think these teams are both gonna be looking for touchdowns i think you're gonna see a couple turnover on downs and uh i also have jake moody to miss a field goal at plus 220 and then uh uh brandon Ayuk to have the most receiving yards in the game plus 350 and then lastly i have touchback or first kickoff not to be a touchback plus two thirty five, and then I have coin toss and Gatorade. After we'll do that after. I like uh, I like that that last one you sprinkled in there. Yeah. The, uh, the touchback. Walk me through that quick. It's exciting as hell. That's that's you're getting big money, and I think I saw uh, a stat that like it, they take it out. They take that thing out of the end zone. I think the juices are flowing for everyone. No one's thinking clearly on that opening kick. And it's after that opening kick that people are like, all right, we're in, in the game now. So I think that kick returner is just going mental when he sees that ball. He's like, I'm taking this to the house. <laughs> That's what I would be thinking. So I'm just putting myself in their shoes and I just want action. I think plus 235 is decent value for hell it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, my buddy Stevie has been trying to talk my ear off about a both both teams to commit a pass interference penalty at plus 200 it's a it's a tough bet to find uh I think, yeah <laughs> you kind of have to come through a lot to find it uh but it's out there um but coming up back after this we are going to go quickly through some novelty picks me and patrick are going to go head to head in the novelty game uh and see how we do and then get to Super Bowl storylines after that and a little bit of giving the NFL the business. We'll be back after this. All right, we're back now to do a little head-to-head in the novelty game. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's 
slightly betting on it. I don't know many people who actually, you know, go really hard on novelties other than kind of in pools uh, with their friends or the odd um, novelty bet. I don't know. How do you feel about novelties? I think it's fun in, but like do it right. Like don't, don't be dropping big money on things because nobody knows. Nobody really knows. These are just like play around bets. Yeah. Like I said, this should be like a pool or like what you do at your Super Bowl party. You know, maybe you have a bowl or you go head to head on a guy for heads and tails or something like that. But I don't think you should go crazy with these bets. And the bets that we give you out, we are not financial advisors. You should not follow them. Yeah, correct. That also stands for the entire last segment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into Gatorade right off the bat. Gatos I love. I love getting in the Gato game, especially when, you know, all hell breaks loose because some stupid producer didn't cut to the right camera um, when the Gato is actually being poured. I think that's happened like the two out of the last three Super Bowls. It's just been chaos. Like last year was an absolute shit show. No, and it was purple. So nobody could really confirm if that was like a real thing. It, it was chaos. That was all I remember from it. Yeah, it was chaos. And, and it always is chaos because more than half the people probably that are watching the Super Bowl you know, they lose their bet and they go, oh, I, I can get it back on the Gatorade. Show me that Gatorade <laughs> bath. Show me that Gatorade <laughs> bath. And if you don't show them the Gatorade bath, they're going straight to, to social media. They're, they are going to accounts they've never seen before to find this video. Like it's you just just show the producers be on top of that. You know, just have the note. All right. I want do you have any lean in this like to decide who goes first? If I, if I go first in this, then you can go first in the next one. So on and so forth. Sure, you you can go first in in this one. Okay, I'm, I'll go off of you. We'll see where where your head's at. I'm gonna go with blue. Blue is like kind of right near the middle of the board right now. I think yellow, orange, and purple all have better odds than it. Uh, but I love a little blue Gatorade action. I think three of the past five Super Bowls have been blue. And it's the best color Gatorade out of the you know the stocks. Like if you're if you have done any sort of athletic um activity you're reaching for a blue gatorade if given the choice most likely especially if they're all cold uh and and i think that that's really where my pick lies for this i'm hoping that they're just drinking blue gatorade because i want them to be hydrated yeah and i i feel like some of them may not get talked about i feel like they definitely have different colors yeah and probably some of them are different colors and it's just like luck luck of the draw like whichever one they grab yeah. What a crapshoot this is! So, <laughs> what I what I wrote down was red question mark plus seven hundred because I, I the Chiefs are red and, and I think the Forty Nineers are red. Yeah, you think that would have a little bit more juice? So I'm going to go red, but I think like you said, it was it was purple last time the Chiefs won it, and then the time before that, I believe it was orange. So I was I was kind of between orange and red, but I think they're going to throw if the Chiefs win it. I think they threw an, a new color at us red and then i think if the 49ers win it reds reds in their color scheme so it is it's it's not a great flavor that's the only problem i i i thought about that but if if it's one of the ones think about it the one they're gonna grab is gonna be the one with the the most the most yeah look at that fuck that wreath they're gonna be pounding that blue gatorade it's gonna be done there's not gonna be any left for them to dump on whichever coach fuck all right good point Good point. Uh, okay, you go first for coin toss then. Tails never fails. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm fine riding with heads here. 
I shout out shout out to Bet365 for actually putting this at plus 100 on a 50-50 bet and yes. not trying to steal from the customer. Shout out to them cuz a lot of other sites are it's a 50-50 bet and you're paying juice on it. What it was that How often is there a a true and honest 50-50 bet in sports? Never ever. And yeah. I yeah, I I totally agree with that. Um we'll we'll go to Usher first song. Um there's only a you know a handful of picks Just, here. I feel like we if we have the same on this, we have the same because I'm yes. not that deep in my Usher catalog. Your Usher game. I, I I should tap into Usher this weekend to to get my get, you know, right? get back into it. Yeah, I I think we're probably thinking the same thing. It's got to be yeah, for first or last. First, I had it last. Oh, but I I also said. I also said if you're gonna do it, I think you just if you bet last first or yeah last and first it, yeah it's got to be one, one or the other. That yeah. was my whole thought process. I have OMG as first because all I can think of is him like rising up from the stage and he goes, "Oh my god!" and it just starts off. Johnny, I can look it down. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a good halftime show. I'm kind of excited. I I just I got to get back into my my usher swag. You know? I think that's the funniest part is a lot of people around our age are gonna be like usher, and then the entire concert is gonna be all songs that we've heard like throughout our childhood up to now, and we're gonna be like, "Oh my god, this is great." Uh, our age group is entering our golden age of Super Bowl halftime performance. It's going to be all people we know for the next 10 plus years. Yeah. It should just be like songs that we grew up to, basically. Like yep. we are in a golden age of halftime show performers. <laughs> uh, okay. And then the last one here, we're going to the anthem. This one has been pretty uh, heavily debated. I don't know what the actual, what is it, 88? I saw ninety and a half on FanDuel. I, I couldn't find it on okay. on three six. So that's in seconds. It's it's the length of the anthem. Uh, ninety and a half seconds. Uh, it's your first pick here. This this is tough because you know usually you kind of have a feel on the singer a little bit if they're if they're a show person or not or kind of just strictly business. I lean Reba being a little more strictly business now. You know, she's been out of the limelight for a little bit. I'm going to go under. I'm going to, I don't know. I'm going to go under. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's, uh, do you want to do 89 and a half since you had 80, 88 and a half? I threw out 90 and a half. We'll go 89 and a half, meet you in the middle. Yeah. We, we got to count it ourselves. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, dude. I'm not betting th- this. This is no, something I, I'll this bet is purely for the graphic. Yeah, I, I will bet tails. Yeah, I might bet a Gatorade color. We we might do a pool as friends, yeah. but I, I can't see myself actually coming to 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 bet a a national anthem over under. But I'm not shaming if you do because I have in in the past. I have done it. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for novelties. Keep them fun. Like we said at the start, don't be an idiot. Don't be that guy uh, at your Super Bowl party who is like talking people's ears off about his novelty bets. Who gives a shit, man? That or you ruin the party because you have too much money on a novelty bet and it didn't come through. And yeah, then you got to just, yeah, you ruin the entire vibe of a Super Bowl party. That's Some a- etiquette, you know? Yeah. 
have a little bit of decency. Uh, but now we will move to a little bit of Super Bowl storylines. There's a lot in the air right now. Uh, a lot of narratives going on. A lot of who's the best, who's this, who's that. Um, I want to start with the Chiefs dynasty because this is really where what's at the top of my mind um, in this Super Bowl is the start of something potentially really terrible. Um, because if this, you know, is going to be the Chiefs' third Super Bowl in five years, I think we are fully thrust. If we're not already into another Brady era, um, and I can't think of something worse uh, to really experience as a fan um, other than a team winning, let's say, eight Super Bowls out of the next 11 or something like that, next 12, something really dumb like that. Uh, and I think that is truly at stake here. Yeah, I I don't think it's crazy to already call it a dynasty yep. with, is it six, six straight AFC championships for Mahomes, right? I think it's five. Five? Okay. Yeah. And he's been to the Super Bowl four out of five of them. Yeah. This is his fourth. Yeah. yeah. It's like this yeah. year is what made me think it's a dynasty because everyone thought they were dead. Everyone thought it was done. And it was exactly like Brady and the Patriots back in the day. Exactly. Like, they don't have a hope. They don't have a chance. It's finally over. New blood, new, like new colors in the Super Bowl. Nope. He's back. For me, I don't hate Mahomes. I know, I know people do. I, I hate Brady so much more because he took glory from me. I think I've talked about this before, but yeah, it's not great for the league, but it is at the same time. It's not good for the fans, but it's good for the league to have a Mahomes type dynasty going on. But I think if you look at it, like if the pretend the 49ers beat the Chiefs in that first matchup. Brock Purdy doesn't get injured last year against the Eagles in the NFC Championship. Then they're back here. We could be talking about the 49ers as a dynasty because they would have been in the Super Bowl three of the past four years. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's yeah. definitely, if he no. wins it, certainly a dynasty. But Brady yep. also had like two different dynasties because he went like 10 years in between winning his third and fourth Super Bowl. Yep. Yep. So. No, it's true. Uh, I want to talk about legacy. Who do you think has the most on the line for their legacy in this game? I've got somebody in particular. I'm curious if you do too. Go ahead. You go. You lead with yours. It's Mike Shanahan, man. Like it. Kyle. it you, yeah. Or sorry. So, wow. Fuck. That's brutal. Uh, it, it. It. Fair. Fair enough. Confusion. But that's brutal. Um. Yeah. It's Kyle Shanahan. It, it's there is a gaping hole in his resume, and and there's one thing that can shut up all the haters. And this is a put up or shut up performance. You're going to have to kind of pull against both Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Uh, he's got a lot on the line. It, it's kind of a different, you know, legacy than a lot of the positive legacy storylines that are going on. But it's there and it's real. Yeah, I'm I'm with you because it was he was telling a story about his dad when he was a, like growing up as a kid and how he just saw his dad lose a bunch of Super Bowls. You know, now he's kind of in it. He was on that Falcons team that collapsed. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think that's probably the number one legacy guy in this game. But for me, I'm going to take same team, but a player, Brock Purdy. I, I hell this is, yeah, dude. If Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, everyone should just shut up. And he's going to win Super Bowl MVP if they do. Which that 
we'll we'll see about that. Hopefully McCaffrey can win it, but I I I'm not gonna go on and say Brock Purdy is some some Hall of Fame quarterback because he wins a Super Bowl. But can we just stop acting like he's bad? You know you know what I mean. That's all it is. Just he some guys can just be a slightly above average and lead a great team to a Super Bowl victory. It happens, you know? And we came off an offseason effectively where people were praising Kirk Cousins for being disrespected for being, let's say, a game manager or somebody who can do that exact type of job. We were seemingly kind of coming on the other end of that, uh, and Brock Purdy just flung things back kind of the other direction. I think you're completely right with that. Uh, it'll, It'll end the conversation forever, and it'll then move into, you know, his position in the league otherwise, which will be a whole nother bag. Um, but at least at that point, he'll be getting credit as a good NFL quarterback. Also, did you see Matt Rule say that he wanted to draft him in Carolina and got shut down? It's just lies, man. It's got to be lies. Like, great yeah, he wanted, to, he wanted to take him in the, in the seventh round as well. It's, like, it's a great clip. Yeah, stop yeah. acting like that was the first overall draft pick, man. Every team had their chance to take him six or seven different times. He has been a clip factory at yeah. Nebraska. He is so loose. Look at a guy who has $70 million in the bank and has no fucks given. It's Matt Rule, head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Um, okay, next. Um Predictions on what stupid headlines or videos will come out of Vegas in like, let's say 24, 48 after this Super Bowl. Do you oh, got, I like, I think it could be chaos. See, I thought this whole week was going to be chaos, but it's just been mundane. Damien, like yep. S- Super Bowl media day, it's turned into a joke. <laughs> nothing, nothing has come out of nothing worth value. No has come out of this. There has been zero. Taylor Swift is the only storyline. It is dominated. It's, it's got everybody pigeon brained. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't care about Taylor Swift. She's fine. She's, she doesn't really affect me, but like, I'm just saying the players, there's no stories from the players where it's like, usually there's something going on. I think last year was the grass or whatever, or like, I guess this year, you know, we talked about is, you know, the practice facilities, like there's Mm -hmm. something stupid going on. But even that, there wasn't a ton of questions that came out about that that you saw really from media day or anything. Yeah, I, I know it was the, nothing worth value came out of media day to me for me this year at least. But I think you're gonna see, I don't know, probably a lot of casino, probably a lot of casino stuff. Yeah, guys just, casino stuff. Yeah, going a little crazy, gambling with the Lombardi beside them, stuff like that. Somebody in the fountain. Yes, somebody's in I a, like it. Somebody's in a fountain somewhere. I like it. Yeah, somebody. How fun is it that the the Stanley Cup finished in Vegas, and now the Super Bowl is going to be in Vegas? Good connection there. They're trying to like, yeah. I think Vegas is trying to claim they're like the sports capital of of the world. Yeah, who lives going on there this weekend? Hell yeah! (laughs) Right in the middle of everything. Uh, And the last one, we already did kind of talk about Taylor Swift. It is really just dominating everything. That's kind of my last like leaving thoughts with this. It, It is swallowing. Uh, like the NFL media is just, this is very similar to what happened with Shohei Otani and the MLB media a few months ago, um, where if you had the word Otani in your story or your tweet, it was just instantly page views and clicks people. They just can't help themselves. Yeah. They forget how to act. Like they forget, you know, it's nothing against her. It's, it's the people in the media that are doing this to her and are creating these 
like just enough weird weird storylines that like she probably doesn't want to be in them kelsey doesn't want to be a part of it neither teams want to be a part of it and not a lot of fans probably want to be a part of it but it's happening anyway my big question about taylor is she gonna make it apparently apparently uh the japanese embassy or the united states embassy in japan uh sent out a memo about it that it's gonna be all fine i don't know what I don't know what the reason was for that. Uh, they're getting clicks. Embassies are getting in on clicks and page views now. So, so Taylor Swift is legitimately the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it's gotten to a point where I think that she could just buy an NFL team even without money. Like she would just be like, yeah, I feel like owning the Jets now. Yeah. Off name value. Like, yeah. oh, this is Taylor's team. Taylor's <laughs> ver- New York Jets. Taylor's <laughs> version. Clip it. That's that's a graphic that needs to be made. Um, and yeah, okay, we're gonna close up now with a little bit of giving the NFL the business. Classic, classic bit here, but this time we're going season long, kind of, uh, you know, kind of a, a spanning giving them the business. Something that we've it's kind of grinded our gears about the NFL this season, Patrick. I want to start with you. What's your given the NFL the business? So I have a bit of a, a three-parter, I guess we'll we'll call it, and they all kind of wrap into one another, so stay with me here. It's going to start off with officiating. Nothing crazy. I just – officials as, as a whole kind of annoy me. Uh, I don't like that they usually don't have to answer for their actions. You, you, little things like that. But in the NFL specifically, they're the only league of the major four that – they're not full-time employees and all these refs have day jobs that aren't refing and they, they can't be as good as they possibly can be because they're not giving it their full attention. And like, what, what else do you want them to do? They have things that they have to do that isn't refing. And I respect that, but it's going into affecting a lot of what I'll call judgment calls and specifically roughing the passer, roughing the passer throughout this entire season it's been a bit of a joke, we'll call it. I think Josh Allen gets a lot of calls. Mahomes gets a lot of calls. Uh, Burrow would have got a lot of calls if he was in in the league. You like your usual suspects get calls, but it it feels like fifteen to twenty quarterbacks can get their head taken off at any moment in a game. But because they have zero name value, it's not a call. But if if Josh Allen gets touched in the last thirty seconds on a third on a third and long. And it's an incomplete pass. Oh, Josh, Josh, we got you. We got you, Josh. So I don't know. I, I I, do think, you know, stars get calls. I think that happens in every league. I think that's inevitable. My, this is my third part of it now is I think an embellishment penalty should be brought to the NFL. I kind of like that. We'll go for pass interference and roughing the passer. Those two specifically, because another grind my gears Wide receivers and tight ends don't even play through contact at all anymore if they feel anything, anything, and then they just look for calls. Play the game of football, calls will happen. You you've got to play to get a call. So I don't know. That's and the I amount say. and the amount of, of rules and kind of shifts that are stacked to kind of help offenses now in the NFL. Uh, you got to give some concessions back to the defense. There, there was a big conversation about that out of the back of the end zone fumble rule. And, and like, we should take this out. 
I think people are crazy to even bring that up. Like we got to give the defense something here. And it's very similar to roughing the passer too many times this season. Do you see a ball hucked up where clearly the intent of the play was to draw a roughing the passer? What was that NFL films clip that came out or, or Sirianni when he was on the press conference and he was like, yeah, we were trying to draw rough in the passer there. And it's like, dude, this is like, this is now moved into a strategy for teams. Like you, you as the NFL should be, that should ring every internal alarm you have that a loophole is being somehow exploited here. If teams are, are trying to put drawing penalties into their game plan. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's good for the league. I don't think it's good for the players when you're showing the like when Josh Allen is 240 pounds and acting like he got shot by like an uh, a safety. Like, what are we doing here when it's like the safety is letting up too, and then oh my goodness, big big Josh down, big Josh down. No, just like I don't think it should be called a lot. Like I don't think an embellishment. I think it should be egregious for an embellishment flag to be thrown. But I think just the fact that it's there should keep these guys more honest in yeah, playing the game. I agree. Um, mine is going to be a little bit vague, but but also hear me out here. It's going to be protecting the players is going to be my given the business, which seems like it would be kind of antithetical to Patrick, um, you know, going on about roughing the passer. But I think these two things can kind of be one in the same. The, the thing that spurred this for me uh, is that it got announced that MetLife Stadium is going to be hosting the World Cup final. And to do so, they are going to be taking out the existing turf that they have uh, and putting in real grass, correct, for, for the soccer finals. Yeah, they had to do it for an exhibition game a couple yes. years ago. Yeah. And instead of putting or keeping the expensive turf or really making that transition, the Jets are going back to using the shit turf that Aaron Rodgers absolutely shredded his ACL on this year. Um, and however many players have have torn it on that cursed MetLife field in the past two to three seasons. I just think it's it's all over the place that that in what seemed to be trending in that direction of protecting the players last season. Tua Tagovailoa was the biggest story in the NFL and in sports media for about two and a half weeks um, over his concussion issues. It Within the th- first three weeks of the NFL season, we had Anthony Richardson get two concussions and like play in the plays afterwards. We got guys getting cranked on plays and not sitting out downs. Mahomes gets his helmet broken and he gets allowed to, to without taking a fucking timeout, gets to shift and put on a, pet, a helmet that isn't his, that doesn't fit him for another play. It, I think it's gotten a bit out of control. Uh, the Dolphins season just got absolutely ravaged by injuries. It, it, it's partially why it's on my mind. Um, but I think this NFL season really got robbed of, of a lot of good games and a lot of good seasons from players because of injuries. That absolutely. could have been preventable, you know? Yeah, it's it's the preventable ones that you, you know you look at the NFL and you go, hey, the, this one's on you. You know, not always, but the, this one and you know a couple others. It's like you could just make changes and we can avoid these things. That that turf one is is a great pick because it's crazy. How many people, especially players of these the teams that you know the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, I believe OBJ when he was on the Giants, he was once like these are victims of the two teams 
that play in that stadium. That you're investing in. Like, these are the players that you are investing in to get people in the building and pay their money and keep this whole shebang going. Why is it not in your best interest to do, you know, like, your utmost due diligence to protect the players? It's crazy to me. Yeah, and you, the timing is perfect, right? Because Aaron Rodgers, you know, he it happened last year. You got the FIFA coming in this year, so you have to do, do it, it anyway. So it's like, hey, why would we not just make this a permanent change? It's something that has to be done anyway. No, it's, it probably costs them more money to go back to the old turf. You know exactly. what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I'm sure there's a million other things that we, we've been fired up about this season. But all in all, it has been a great season, and I am fired up about the Super Bowl. We will be coming back after you. We'll do a Super Bowl kind of recap and, and get – after everything after also maybe talk a little cfl free agency wild that the, the argos argos wow. argos got rinsed it's bad well cfl fans next week stay tuned we'll be getting into that once once the free agency period ends um but i think that does it patrick you ready for the super bowl oh it's if this this two weeks period always feels like forever because yep. the pro bowl is just a joke these days but yes i'm excited for the super bowl to get here and I, I can't wait go go niners go niners bang bang niner gang all right see you patrick see you damien <laughs>